Hello and welcome back to Dad's Cavecast. I'm your host, David Rosales. And this week, I just want to talk about um, doing this podcast kind of got me reminiscing about, you know, old growing up and old stuff, old stories and stuff. And a lot of stuff has been like popping in my head that really haven't thought about in fucking years. You know what I mean? So uh, I just wanted to kind of do a podcast about, you know, growing up in California part two. You know what I mean? There's certain certain stories that as of late, they've just been popping in my head and, uh, you know, reminiscing and stuff like that and how I grew up and everything. So I'll just say a couple other stories or not even stories, just uh, stuff that's been popping in my head about, uh, you know, growing up brown apartments, mainly the brown apartments and and uh, the way I was brought up in Salinas and everything. You know what I mean? So, you know, my generation type stuff. But uh, so, yeah. So, you know, like one of the things that came up was when I was growing up in the brown apartments, um, I hung out with, well, we were all kids. So growing up, there was, how do I explain it? There was um, Gardner uh, was that street kind of separated uh one two like three apartments and like the brown apartments there was a lot of norteños that lived there and then uh if you went down the road like let's say you're going towards sanborn and up there there was like a click of sureños right so it was very close quarters i heard and this is like you know, talking about stories that I didn't fucking have nothing to be involved with, but, um, living there. And at the time, like you just heard about it, you know what I mean? Oh, so-and-so did a walk by. And if you don't know what a walk by is somebody, it's like a fucking drive by. They're just walking through and then just, they just started blasting and kind of, kind of drive by. It's kind of a shitty way to do stuff. You know, you spray and pray and a lot of people, innocent people get hit that way, but you would hear stuff like that. So essentially, I grew up with, you know, all these people, you know what I mean? And when you're when you're growing up in that situation or in that atmosphere, you don't find it uh, out of the normal. You, you're, you're not you're not thinking about it like, oh, shit, you know, I'm growing up with um, gang members or, or, you know, growing up that way. Now, my mom wasn't involved in anything. She's a hard worker and she was a single mom for the most part. And then. Um, she met, uh, Alfredo, which is, uh, the guy that kind of raised us, you know what I mean? He was, he was by trade, by trade, what he did for a living was he was a body guy, right? So, but you know, if, if your car got hit, he's the one that fixed the, the dent in your car, you know what I mean? Body guy. So, um, and now that I think about it, he might have been involved in other activities, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. He did what he had to do to provide. You know what I mean? My mom worked, too, and so did he. So, But we still lived in the hood. But the – so, yeah, so growing up in that situation, you don't you don't find it weird. And, and back then, like, I understand how certain uh, – clicks and groups 
you grow up with these people, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden that's your neighborhood, that's your stomping ground, that's your hood, whatever. And later generations, because I knew people that were like generational deep, you know what I mean? Like their parents were in it or, and then they were raised a certain way and they raised their kids a certain way in that environment. And then the kids were kind of grandfathered in, you know what I'm saying? And then, so it's kind of a generational thing. And like I said, I was born and raised in Selena. So it, it, it just feels normal to me. You know, that whole, uh, it's almost like a community inside of a community. And some people from L.A., they got that, too. You know what I mean? Like, even like that, that Tupac song, you know, uh, everybody's got a little gangster in them type type deal. You know, if you're from California, you it's it's a culture. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's kind of how how I grew up. And I grew up with, you know, later on, like the, the little kids that that were running around there, like I would hear. I would talk to their parents and and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, so and so, you know, like a little kid that I was playing with when he was like fucking four or five. And now he's a teenager and he's kind of doing his own thing. He's like, oh, yeah, he got shot or whatever. I'm like, oh, shit, fuck, we're for real. He's like, yeah, you know, we're going to throw a little party for him. Uh, not that he passed away, but like he made it through. And like the guy that I'm referring to, I'm not going to say his name or nothing, but um, yeah, it was one of those things where he got hit with uh, with some birdshot, you know what I mean? <laughs> so he got hit. It's not funny, but he got hit in the, in the shoulder, in the arm. And when I saw him, he had like, he was showing me, you could still feel the BBs inside of his uh, armpit. And uh, his skin was very, uh, you could tell it was a graft, you know what I mean? So it was just healing and everything. But he showed me and it was kind of like this, yeah, you know, I got I got hit. <laughs> Whatever. He's like, we all ran and then everybody turned around. He was the one that was leaking. And he's like, yeah, my, I didn't even feel it. My shirt was all fucking... Uh, when there's a lot of blood, it turns black. It's not really red. You know what I mean? You're soaked. It's just, it's a, it's a burgundy fucking color. But anyways, um, so yeah, so, you know, you kind of grow up in that, in that environment. It's generational sometimes. And, um, so yeah, so I was just reminiscing on the way I, I grew up and see, I grew up with all these people and I, I won't forget one time, like a, a, one of the older ones, um, they, like, I was hanging out, right, and, and I was a kid, so, they pulled me aside, and they're like, hey, man, like, you're too smart for this shit, you shouldn't be, you know what I mean, it was, it was around that, that age where, like, I wouldn't make a decision, you know what I'm saying, like, it's kind of, uh, am I gonna follow this path and really get into it, or, or, you know, and like an older person pulled me aside. They're like, hey, you're too, you're too smart to be doing this type of shit. You know what I mean? And they were doing it. So it was almost like uh, an older homie was telling me, hey, you know what? This, you got better things like down the line for me. You know what I mean? But it wasn't, it was kind of an eye opener. You know what I mean? Like I would ask too many questions. It was like, well, why would you do that? I was always, I, I wasn't a follower. You know what I'm saying? And and not to demean anybody that is doing that stuff. It's like, 
I would overthink too much, too much. You know what I mean? So they were like, you're too smart for this. Like, you, you don't need to be doing this shit. You know what I mean? Um, and like something like that, I took to heart. It wasn't like, uh, I still hung out and everything, but it, it wasn't like, uh, I wasn't gonna get jumped in. You know what I mean? I wasn't gonna look for it. So, but I still hung out and I was just, you know, I was still friends with everybody, but, um, yeah, and nowadays, like, a lot of the people that, that back then, a lot of the people that I knew, some of them had, like, towels, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I kind of did, but I kind of didn't, but I kind of did, you know what I'm saying? And they would, uh, every once in a while, some of these parents would come out, and they would have uh, this look on their face, like, they had their lips uh, crunched up, you know what I mean, like. Like, they wanted a whistle, but not really. Like, they are kind of pissed, but it was just crunched up. They weren't mad or anything. And then a little later on, man, they're all fucking <laughs> coked up. <laughs> and that was their tell, you know what I mean? A lot of people got a twitch or an itch or whatever, but uh, they had, like, that look to their face to crunch up their, their lips. Kind of look real, like they're trying to whistle or something. But uh, that's kind of what I remember about them. And then... Uh, you know, I was part of that generation where you would get, I would get spanked. You know what I mean? Uh, you ask my mom that now. It's like, no, I never, nunca te pegue. You know what I mean? And, uh, but it's kind of one of those things like discipline, you know, you don't have to beat your kids. So maybe one of these days I go into detail about how, what I think about, you know, spanking your kids or disciplining your kids or correcting your, your kids. You don't have to beat them up or or, you know, punch them or beat them and, you know, stuff like that. But I grew up getting spanked. So, uh, that's kind of like a generational thing where that's what parents did. You know what I mean? And I don't blame them. It's kind of, you know, well, I'll get into the whole parenting thing and spanking and stuff later on another podcast where I can really get into it. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I grew up. And like, let's see another thing that I, I was just, kind of reminiscing is like i grew up with the whole oldies and and sunday night slow jams and sunday night uh well the whole slow jams was like dedications and stuff and you could call up and dedicate a song to you know your little crush or whatever but that's that's kind of the thing i grew up with like sunday night slow jams and uh friday saturday cruising and it was uh if like you reminisce and you kind of miss it. You know what I mean? Cause nowadays people don't do that. They don't just go out cruising. And, and, uh, I, I remember that being kind of the fonder memories, you know what I mean? Kind of like it was a bonding time. And around that time, I also associate like going to the drive-in, you know what I mean? So that's why nowadays with my, my kids, my little ones, I, uh, I, I want to do that more with them because I remember that was kind of a bonding thing. It was kind of an event. So um, now that I'm older, it's like I kind of, you know, I do miss those times. You know what I mean? The whole reminiscing thing and and uh, how I grew up and, and you know, I, like those times are gone. You know what I mean? So, but yeah like i still remember fuck what was another thing like in the brown apartments i was uh 
<laughs> I would, uh, there was, there was a double sided fence, right? So on our side, like they built their fence for that apartment complex and the other apartment complex, like built their own fence. I don't know what the fuck that was all about, but then in the center you had a good, I want to say like 10 inches of space. So it's not big enough for a person to get in, but it's big enough for shit to fall in there. And if you went to like a spot, like any hood, if you go into like a spot where it's kind of like abandoned or like between boards and, or like in a field and you know, people kind of hang out there, like no doubt you're going to find a fucking porno. And back then it was like magazines, you know what I mean? Like a hustler, like, like a playboy and shit like that. You would undoubtedly always fucking find some shit like that. And you know, the Brown apartments was no different. Like I found, I found porn in those fucking things. I found in between the fences, I found porn underneath her fucking steps. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm a kid, so I'm small enough. I could kind of squeeze in, uh, next to the building and these, uh, concrete fucking steps. And that's what we had. It was like concrete steps with, uh, with, the steel fucking rebar type, uh, like a ledge, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so you didn't fall over, uh, a railing, but, uh, so yeah, so you'd find fucking porn. You would find, and if you don't know what this is, and this is in the hood, uh, drug use is, is big, you know what I mean? And back then there was uh there's a saying, I don't know if they say it nowadays, but it was called, uh, stuck on stupid. And, what that was is every once in a while you'd find like a fucking a fiend, a dopehead or whatever you want to call them. And they always look like they were just always high. You know what I mean? And I think it's like when you back then is the explanation was he's done so many drugs. He fucking fried his brain. So he's just stuck on stupid. So he he's not he can't get back out of, you know, that 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 state that he's in he fucking cooked his brain so like the chemicals up there he ain't coming back from that so it's kind of one of those things that it will scare people if i could scared me you know what i mean it scared me to the point where i i won't do any fucking drug that's manufactured you know what i mean like heroin fucking you know what i'm saying like shit that you have to fucking concoct and cook so like weed's cool whatever you know uh that's a two-hour thing but i also had had a scare with weed where I thought I was fucking stuck on stupid. But, uh, that's another fucking story where I'll talk about, you know, uh, weed stuff like that. But, um, yeah. So we would, I would also find socks with, um, and if you know, you know, but you would, I would find socks with gold, silver, copper spray paint on them. And if you don't know, what that's all about if you ever find one somebody used that to to sniff paint to get high and every once in a while you would find a motherfucker with like gold splattered around his his nose and his face you know what i mean because that guy was fucking huffing paint so and being a kid growing up around the hood that's kind of that's kind of shit you will learn you know what i mean like you would learn when somebody fucking shot a gun, you're like, oh, that's a nine. Oh, that's a 45. Oh, that's a fucking 22. Um, you know, shit like that, just by the sound of fucking the gunfire. So 
that's a, a bunch of other stuff that just keeps popping up in my head. It's like growing up, um, someone would get arrested for, and it would always get around. It always, it always fucking gets around the hood. Like, oh, so and so got fucking busted for this. So and so got busted for that. And everybody was like, oh, fuck, that's like a five to fucking. <laughs> we knew the sentences, you know what I mean? That's like a five to ten. Or he's going to be out in two and a half for good, you know, good behavior. He's going to be out from three. Um, or he's going to bail out, you know what I mean? So it was kind of one of those things. Uh, so it was just stuff like that that was kind of. You would figure out, you know, the, it's just lessons learned and you know growing up that's that's it was a lot of people were getting locked up so and the thing with with some people is uh if you're in that gang culture at a certain point you're gonna be a lifer or you're gonna go in if you really commit to it you know what i'm saying so at times it's like when people are ready they want to go in they want to get locked up and they do a certain something and then you know off to college they go you know but uh it was one of those things. It's just, it's just the way you're raised. You know what I mean? And in, in, in the way I was raised. So that was kind of the norm. You know what I mean? And back then, it was like uh, dangerous. So this might sound morbid, but not morbid. But uh, when you were young, you're like, fuck. If I make it to twenty five. If I make it past 25, I've made it. You know what I mean? Because you weren't you weren't really expecting to live past 25, especially if you were running around certain groups and with certain friends. You know what I mean? It's like the life expectancy of a young man was like 25. You know what I mean? And uh, once you got past that age, it's like you're out. You know, you're you, you kind of. You kind of survived it, you know, and, you know, it's kind of I. you got a lot of kids, young people that fucking live life to the fullest or, you know, or day by day just because they're like, well, fuck, you know, you never know when something might happen. I might be hanging out with my friends or whatever, and I, you know, end up getting shot or and, and that's it. But um, so, yeah, so. That was kind of, like I said, some of those things I was kind of reminiscing about and how I was uh, growing up. And in, in the area, there used to be, I don't even know if she's alive anymore, but there was a lady called uh, Nancy. Now, Nancy, if you took, uh, let's see, that's a cost plaza. If you took Garner and you went all the way, like if you were going to Casitas, I forgot what that cross street name was writer might be writer uh and you went up to writer and you took a at the corner store you took a left back there those and salinas has a lot of apartment complexes okay so it's expensive in california and salinas is one of the most expensive places to live you know so a lot of people rented and houses back then like when i was growing up like three hundred fifty thousand for a little shack well not even a little shack but a decent size house like two three bedroom um those were going for like 350,000 right and even in the 90s that was a good chunk of change so anyways going back to Nancy um Nancy was a lady that she would show up with a truck 
And in the back, she would stand in the back of the truck and people would just walk up. Well, what Nancy did is, if you listen to the first podcast about growing up in California, I mentioned the uh, the bread box. So I think what Nancy would do is like the bread, wa- bread box, whenever they had like starting to go expired bread, it was like just about there. They didn't really want to sell it. They weren't going to get rid of it. And it was past the uh, sell by date. Um, I think she would go to stores and like, you know, Safeway and uh, Knob Hill and stuff, places like that. And like all this bread that wasn't sold, they would, I think they would donate to her. And what she would do is she would show up in the hood and out of the back of the truck, she'd be like, okay, who needs bread? And it was free. People would walk up, low income people. Some people couldn't even afford, you know, a loaf of bread. So we'd show up. And get a couple loaves of bread, uh, maybe a cake, you know what I mean? So, and it wasn't a little bit of people. It was like a lot. Like, if you found, I think she showed up, uh, like, on Saturdays, like, once a month or something. And parents would be like, is Nancy out there? Like, you send your kid out there, and uh, we'd run out there and get, like, one or two loaves of bread or whatever. And... Uh, some of the kids I grew up with, they would be right there, right next to me. I mean, we we're all friends, so we'd all run up there and come back with, with bread. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, she's she's handing everybody's got their hand up, and she's just giving bread out to people and like, okay, you got one, you got one, and a loaf of bread. Here's some French bread. Here's some, uh, you know, cake. Here's a little pastry over there. You know what I mean? And people would kind of not really rely on it but they appreciated the fact that she would come down and 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 you know give some bread out at least you know some anything you know everybody was appreciative of uh of just that loaf of bread you know but that's kind of like the area that uh because there was a lot of low-income people and a lot of people that couldn't even afford you know bread sometimes but uh so yeah so that was kind of that was nancy and i i kind of like i said it's got me kind of all nostalgic you know reminiscing about how i grew up and she kind of popped in my head and i i hadn't thought about that in shit (laughs) good 15 16 years you know what i mean and then another thing uh i was thinking about is the way we were raised is it's like we would come out and play outside so there wasn't really the internet uh computers wasn't like a a normal thing in the house yeah video games like nintendo and stuff like that but and i played a lot of fucking games uh with my friends and just me you know what i mean but we played outside bmx's you rode bikes you 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 know ran around the apartment complex i was all over that fucking neighborhood you know what i mean all the way down to casitas all the way uh way the fuck down there and i was like eight nine ten eleven years old um, and then at the end of the night, like, you know, I show up back home and door would be open and go inside. Sometimes if it was too late, my mom would lock the door and just like freak me out. Like, you know, if you're going to be out in the streets, she's going to lock the door on you. But we grew up playing outside. So that's kind of how I grew up. Right. And I had, like I said, I had one friend, I forgot his name, uh, but I was young when that guy was around. And then Craig came along. 
And then I had me and Craig. It was a little group. Me, Craig, his sister, Teresa, uh, Sarah, uh, Amnesty. She, uh, she, I can still, I'm still, I'm still in contact with all these people. You know what I mean? And then after Craig moved out or moved away, uh, I ended up uh, hooking up with Moy, Moises. And I still, I have him in contact too. I'm in contact with him. But he's got his own family and everything, you know what I mean? And we kind of, once you get old, older, you got your own thing going on. And, and it's not that you don't want to call people. Uh, it's just that people got their lives, you know what I mean? And next thing you know, it's like, fuck, I haven't talked to them in like six months. And fuck, I haven't talked to them, you know what I mean? Or even like a little text message and, you know, every, <laughs> it seems like it's few and far between. But once you get stuck in your life, but that's a little side rant. Anyways. Um, so yeah, so we grew up kind of like, you know, out and about and, and roaming the streets. And nowadays, I don't know if I, if I could handle that shit, you know, with my kids, I don't know if I could be like, okay, you're 10, go ahead and go, go to the park by yourself, you and your sister, and I'll see you in two, three hours. It's like, I would have so much anxiety. I could just imagine it. You know what I mean. So I, I could just imagine what my mom went through. You know what I mean with a boy, uh, running around like that. But uh, I do remember, I would at, uh, I forget how old I was. I was young though. Um, if I wanted to go to the mall, like I would take the bus. So I would take my dollar wait at the bus stop and jump on the bus, throw the dollar in there, stay on the bus, catch a fucking connecting bus, get a transfer ticket. You go to the other one, give them the transfer ticket. You stay on the bus. It takes you to North main. I get off on the Northridge mall exit and then, you know, go shopping or whatever. And I was like fucking 13, 12, 13, just, you know what I mean? uh taking bus stops and everything so um yeah well okay i'm gonna say a story right now and um i do remember one time and it was a guy that was staying with a friend of ours okay now i don't think i've ever told anybody this but it was kind of one of those where i didn't think two three ways about it and i was just like whatever um but I was on the bus, I was going to the mall, and this guy was on the bus with us, or with me, and I knew the fucking guy, right, so what, and what later I found out, it's like, I don't know if he was all there in the head, you know, but, uh, uh, yeah, I would always sit in the back of the bus, on the public transport bus, right, Selena's transport, and, one day I was back there that well, this day I'm talking about and he was sitting one seat up. So I'm in the back seat and he's one seat up. And I think there was a couple people on the bus too. And I was talking to the guy and then all of a sudden he goes, he said something about, let me see your dick. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know you're, if, uh, there's a lot of people that are listening to this. They're like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, he said that, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to fucking, no. You know, I just said no, straight up no. And then he goes, I'll give you $20. 
He's like, I don't have, I'm not going to touch it. I just want to see it. I'm like, the fuck? I'm like, no. And I was a kid. I was young. Um, and I was like, no, no. And he kept asking and it got up to like 150 bucks. He was going to throw me 150 bucks just to see it. And no, I didn't fucking, I didn't show him. So that's, you know, at, at the end of the story, I never fucking showed him, but it was kind of creepy that I knew the fucking guy. So I think he, I don't know, man, like, and I never said anything, you know what I mean? It was kind of one of those things where it happened and I was just like, I might've told a friend of mine, I don't fucking know. Maybe I didn't. I was just like, I just kind of chalked it up to like that motherfucker's weird. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was, uh, he asked and it went up to like 150 bucks and I, I just kept telling him, no, I'm like, fuck dude, I'm not going to show you my dick. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like, you know what I mean? But, um, and so, yeah, so I was like in public transport when I was a kid. That's kind of like back then, I don't know, parents were like, whatever, go ahead, you know, and I ended up, that's what happened, you know, so that was <laughs> that was one of them stories that I kind of remembered and then uh let's see yeah and then another one was uh again you know Craig showed me he taught me something okay so if you listen to this just it kind of blew my mind when it happened and uh and it was like it was one of those moments where it's like, oh shit, I never thought about it that way. You know what I mean? I, it was kind of like a, a aha moment. So again, it was Craig, you know. And this was after he that last story that I told about the Brown Apartments. I think he, I mentioned him on the Brown Apartments. Um, it was me, him, Craig, and it was Gabe. Now Gabe's got cerebral palsy and uh and we were playing ball it was like one of uh, i want to say it was like a little blue fucking dodgeball looking ball right so it was in the middle of the brown apartments and we were playing with the ball and then there was there was a group of guys and they thought that they were little gangsters or whatever right and uh they showed up and one of them was older the cousin, well, yeah, it was an older brother, one that was about my age, my my size, and then there was like a cousin, kind of about my size too. You know, it was me and Craig, and then you know Gabe, Gabe, uh, we were all playing. So what they ended up doing is they grabbed the ball from us and they triangled up, right? So and then they started when we were like, "Hey, give us the ball" or whatever, and we went to go get the ball from the person and then they threw it you know start playing the whole keep away shit and after like twice that they did that like i stopped i was like i'm not fucking chasing the ball so then when they threw it and craig this is what craig did and this is what fucking blew my mind is they threw it to the guy the bigger guy and craig was going towards the ball right towards the bigger guy and when the bigger guy, he's like, ah, laughing, and he fucking threw the ball. Well, Craig didn't go for the fucking ball. He went for the fucking guy. And I was like, as soon as he fucking grabbed him, because he grabbed him and started fucking punching him. And then he, they ended up squabbling all the way to the side of the building. And then Craig grabbed his fucking head and was banging it off the fucking the wall. 
well, that wall was that kid's uncle's house, and the fucking kid's uncle came out like, what the fuck's going on? His little nephew's getting his ass kicked. But what blew my mind was the fact that Craig had the foresight to be like, fuck the ball, I'm going after the guy. <laughs> and nobody was fucking trying to get the ball anymore, you know what I mean? So it was kind of one of those, like, you know, stop going for the fucking ball, go for the source. Go for the source of the problem, you know, and now there's no problem. And that's one of the things, like, even today, you know what I mean? I It was kind of one of those life lessons where it's like, ah, okay, like, Stop being the asshole that's so focused on this little object. Stop being the cat and the laser. You know what I'm saying? If the cat was smart enough, he'd go for the fucking person with the little laser pointer, not the fucking light at the end of it. If if that's a good analogy to if you get that analogy, you know. Um, so he kind of taught me that it's like go go towards the source of the problem and then you no longer have a problem over here. So that was one of those things. And that that popped back in my head, too, about, like, how the way, you know, growing up in California or whatever. And, uh, but, yeah, no, there was, shit, there was a time I found a little 25 in the in the couch. You know what I mean? I, I sat down to watch TV, and I, I just happened to put my hands in between the cushions, and I found a little 25. It was a loaded 25, and... I think I was like fucking 11, you know, 12. And I was so kind of in California. When you see a gun, you're like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Because it's not like these other states where it's like open carry or where it's kind of like more normalized. You know what I'm saying? In California, it's like you see a gun. You're like, oh, shit. You know, something's going to happen. So me growing up around shit like that, I was like. I put my hands in there and I happened to just grab it and I was like, oh shit, you know, it's a little, t-. and then I just put it back. <laughs> I didn't play with it, you know, I didn't do nothing with it. I just looked at it, looked at the side, it said 25, and then uh, I popped the mag out, put it back in, and just, it was, it had bullets in it, so, or, uh, yeah, it had bullets in it, put it back in the couch, and, you know, went about my way. So whoever whoever owned it ended up getting it. I'm sure after it's like oh shit, you know, it's <laughs> 25. But uh, yeah, it was one of those things that yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't like I was. I wasn't. No, I don't want to say that. I was not. I was surprising to find a fucking gun in our couch because my mom didn't believe in shit like that. So I know it wasn't hers. Uh but I wasn't like waving it around. I knew, I knew what it was, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So that was kind of, and like I said, it's just like doing this podcast kind of got me reminiscing about stuff. And I'm thinking about like, uh, stories, you know, stories I went through or situations I went through and what'd be interesting to, to talk about. And some of the stuff that I do talk about to other people and, so, yeah, like, even, like, listening to certain songs kind of just throws you back. And I was listening to uh, another podcast, and they had uh, uh, Polly Shore. They had Polly Shore on it, and Polly Shore was, it was a Joe Rogan 
podcast, I believe. And they were talking and Pauly Shore was like, he was uh, explaining how he was the first and he pretty much started, you know, MTV and uh, he was kind of the biggest during that era and the reminiscing, he would get sad. And Joe Rogan uh, didn't understand that. He was like, why are you getting sad when you're reminiscing? And I understand it. You know what I mean? It's almost it's almost a feeling of time that time is gone. You know what I mean? Like you love that time so much. You were having the best time of your life. And it was uh, you were on top of the world and and it was fun. It was free. You, you know, it was your time. You know what I mean? Or once you get older and you reminisce, like, fuck, I was so, I was young, I was, you know, virile, uh, you, my shit, my, my health was at its top, top peak, you know what I'm saying? And you reminisce about that stuff and you kind of miss it. You're like, ah, that time's gone. You know what I mean? And nowadays, sometimes I'll think back and I'm like, oh, I remember that song, you know, um, even one song, there'll be a song that comes up, uh, and it's PM Dawn. PM Dawn, uh, I forgot the name of the song, but it's that one. Is it my turn to wish you were lying here? Tell you I love you, and uh, that one. Um, and when I hear that thing, like, I I remember Craig. Because Craig, Craig bought that, bought that tape. I remember going to the mall with him and um, he liked this girl from church. <laughs> and if I'm putting them on blast right now, sorry, but uh, he had a little crush on this, on this, it was the pastor's uh, niece. I don't think it was his daughter. I think it was his niece, but um, he kind of liked her. So he was going to buy her something for Christmas, I believe. So, and at that time, like that song was all over the radio and he bought that CD or <laughs> that cassette. He bought that cassette, bought her like a sweater and a shirt, you know, and he was young, but he, you know, he got her a gift or whatever. And it, it always fucking throws me back to that time. And I was fucking young, you know what I mean? So when I listen to certain songs, it just kind of throws me back. Even, uh five on it from the loonies shit that thing throws me back to the brown apartments you know what i mean and i remember listening to that song or planet rock or you know any break dancing music it just kind of throws me back to to the time when i was i was a teenager just running around and you know uh looking at girlies too and i was like you know the songs just kind of throw you back and sometimes it's like fuck you know you get, get a little depressed uh, because you realize that it does go by fast. You know what I mean? Now I'm 40. So <laughs> I'm 40 and I'm reminiscing about times that when I was like 12, 13, 15, you know, and that's, you know, 25 years later, 25 years later, uh, I was just thinking about it and me and my older sister, uh, my nephew just graduated. So, um, he was class of 2021 and he graduated from the high, same high school that I graduated from. And I, I was saying, I'm like, yeah, I was class of 99. And, um, 
we all kind of did the math real fast. I'm like, shit, dude, that's fucking 22 years ago. Fuck. You know, when you say it that way, I can still remember high school. But 22 years later, here I am. Um, so I understand when, when like Paulie Shore was saying that, that he gets a little depressed when he thinks back about that time. And then I also, I also realize that where Joe Rogan came from, because see, the problem with it is Paulie Shore's reminiscing about a time when he was on top, when he was at the pinnacle of what he was doing. Nowadays, you know, I don't know what he's doing with his life or his career or whatever, but I see Joe Rogan as he's kind of on the top of his climb. You know what I mean? He's doing real well for himself. He's, I don't know if he's the happiest or what, but I can see him being like, why would you be depressed? Like, this is the greatest time ever, whatever. And Paulie Shore is like, you don't understand once the ride's over. It's like downhill, you know what I mean? So I understand where they both come from, but I also understand where Pauly Shore comes from. And I'm not saying, like, my ride's on down downward path. I'm just saying, like, I understand what he was trying to portray, you know what I mean? The whole reminiscing thing, and those are times gone that you won't get back, you know what I mean? Or, you know, just reminiscing on stuff, so. But yeah, no, like I said, doing this podcast kind of got me all in my uh, in my head. I'll be at work just uh, just reminiscing about stuff. I'm like, Man, that'd be a great great subject for a podcast. You know what I mean? Where I'll talk a ear off of a, a coworker, and so yeah, so yeah, no, these are just kind of some things that I've been just reminiscing about, and uh, like I know this pod is kind of all over the place, but it's just some of those things that. You know, just doing this kind of sparked back up and I wanted to say them before I forgot them. So we'll probably just call this, you know, growing up in California part two. <laughs> it's uh, but yeah, no, this is uh, mainly what I just said was stuff uh, back in the brown apartments. You know what I mean? Back when I was young, brown apartments. Uh. So, yeah, if uh, if you like this one, um, go ahead and subscribe. Um I also did start up an IG account for this podcast. So it is Dad's Cavecast and uh, D A D S underscore Cavecast. Uh, yeah, go ahead and go follow that, and I'll try to post up some photos and maybe some videos on there, and and uh, try to keep it keep it updated. Also, if you have some questions about some of the subjects that I cover or even like a story on a podcast, if you want me to kind of expand on it, I could also do that. But there'll be some form of communication between the listeners and me uh, if you follow that IG. Again, that's D-A-D-S underscore C-A-V-E-C-A-T-S. Dads underscore Cavecast. Um, so, yeah. So, thank you very much. And uh, I'll catch you guys on the next one. All right. Bye.